0: hey good morning everybody i wanted to just give you a quick heads up this morning before we go into the teaching at the digital cathedral we're doing something just a touch different this morning i'm going to take you actually into a conference that i taught uh five six weeks ago here in houston i did a teaching called living beyond time and when i did the teaching i thought gosh this really fits in well with what we're doing at the digital cathedral so I just wanted to give you a little forewarning because when we come into the teaching this morning it's not going to be the normal uh, appearance or introduction that we do for the Digital Cathedral. Uh, It'll be a little bit different because we are in a conference setting. So you are at the right place, you are watching the right teaching, it's all going to be good. Uh, It's just going to be uh, stretching you just a little bit today. So I want you to watch this a couple of times and of course we'll talk about it Wednesday night. So I hope you enjoy this teaching living beyond time. God bless you as you watch it. been so looking forward to this. I've been, ever since Darren talked to me about, Pastor Darren talked to me about coming, I've got, I just got, just really got jacked up about being here because of what the theme, I think because of what the theme of the conference is, which is living outside time, right? That's a, that's such a challenging, such a challenging concept. And that's what I'm going to get into this morning. Uh, my challenge is this, I don't know what the, I don't know what your depth is. I don't know what so what, I'm not sure how far I can go, what I can do, what I can't do because and I know Pastor Dan let me just do whatever I want to do. but my challenge is I want I want to open you up, but at the same time, I don't want to push you over the edge of the cliff. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want you to leave and say, and I think that guy's just crazy. He doesn't know have any idea what he's talking about. so, I'm going to lay it out for you a little bit. We're going to use a lot of scripture if that's okay. I think I got about 18 verses of scripture I'm going to use. I'm not, I'm not a long speaker. I'm not like Pastor Darren. I'll tell you, that guy's a preaching machine. <laughs> I've been around, I've been around a long time and I'll say more about that tomorrow, but I never rented anybody as a preaching machine like this guy. He. I've told him. I said every time I ever listen to you, you preach like a, a nine CD series. And every time, every time you walk up here, he he comes loaded. Amen. And you ought to hug his neck for that once in a while because let me tell you, the man puts his time in study. Yeah. He really puts his time in. He comes ready. He comes prepared. And he comes with a with a with a definite goal and target. So, and you ought to hug hug he and Pastor Sheila's neck for doing this. This is this is a big undertaking if you've never done a conference like this or an encounter like this over three days you have no idea of the of the time the effort and the emotional and the emotional energy that it takes to pull something like this off can you get that ring out of there for me there you go that sounds better <clears throat> I'll guarantee when when this is over they're going to be exhausted so you know I I ha- talked to Pastor Darren a couple of months ago, and I said, man, you, I said, you guys really need to take more time away, because you put out a lot of energy. <laughs> they really do. So anyway, I'm going to share some things this morning publicly I've never said ever in my life, publicly. Never shared, never shared this before publicly, and um, I'm videoing this, so I'm going to show it on the digital cathedral, which is what I do Sunday mornings. 10 o'clock on on my YouTube channel so I'm we're videoing this for them and I think I'm gonna do this like September the 8th Sunday morning September the 8th so I'll be down the road a little bit but we are videoing it. we're gonna talk about some things this morning I've never talked about so my goal is I want to stretch you I want to put you out there but like I said I don't want to put you over the edge to where you go oh my gosh I don't I don't think that's even in the realm of possibility when we talk about living outside of time <clears throat> so I'd like to begin this morning we're gonna run through a lot of scripture Pastor Darren says we'll make that legal when we, we show you a lot of scripture, a lot of, lot of word to back up what we're going to say. And when we get into this, I think you're going to see that living outside of time is all over the New Testament once you begin to see it. But we, we have never been introduced to it. We've never been taught anything about it. So as a result of that, it's, it's foreign to us, the whole concept. So let's, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And we'll begin over there. Hebrews chapter 12 and and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin which so easily, and every weight and sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, there's a couple of words in that first, first verse I, I just want to point out. First one is, I want you to notice the word cloud. The cloud in that verse is actually the Greek word nephos, N-E-P-H-O-S. And it refers to not only the, the billowy white things in the sky that float around, it's also used in Greek to, to denote or designate the highest, furthest seats in a coliseum that are way up in the clouds. We would say it's like this, it's, it's the nosebleed section. So what, what, what he's doing here, he's drawing a visualization, and he also says, and I want you to notice this word, he said witnesses. Witness is an important word. A witness is somebody that, a witness is someone that tells what they have seen, what they've heard, or what they've experienced. That's the job of a witness. You go to court as a witness, you tell what you've seen, what you've heard, and what you've experienced. So the, the, they're laying out a visual here. They're laying out a visual that there is a cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, and it's, it's packed. I mean, it's, this is big, and it surrounds us. It's, it's, a, it's a stadium in, in the spirit, if I could say that, and they're cheering you on. Now, notice because they're witnesses, and they, a witness tells what they've seen, they've heard what they've experienced, the question is, who are they talking to? Who are they witnessing to? Truth is, they're witnessing to you, right? This is a cloud of witnesses that have gathered and surround you. That's packed clear to the top in this stadium that is in the spirit, and their their purpose is to do one thing: to encourage you, to relay their experience, how they've what they've come through, what they've seen. So when Pastor Darren talks about who had an encounter, he's not he's not just you know putting on the Ritz. He's talking about maybe one of these cloud of witnesses actually breaking through to you and giving you some insight, some revelation in what they've experienced, what they've seen and how they've come through what they've come through. And we're going to see from scripture just a minute why that's important. Why why that is that why that's a case that you need to pay particular attention to. So we've got we've got this cloud of witnesses, Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Maybe your granddaddy, your grandma, you know, that make up this cloud of witnesses that surrounds us that's packed clear to the back, to the nosebleed section, and their job is to encourage you. And, and, and you should feel some motivation from that, right? Just feel some motivation. It's kind of like this. I don't know how many of you guys ever played uh, sports in, in high school. I, I I think I'm think especially, I mean, if you ever played football in high school, you know what it's like on Friday night when you are in the locker room and it's time for the game and you you strap your helmet on and you come out of the locker room and you come onto the field and the stands are full of people that are going crazy cheering you on, the band is playing all of a sudden there's something that happens on the inside of you that all of a sudden now you become extremely focused you forget everything else that's around you, There's a, there's an adrenaline that begins to rise up and I don't mean to sound crude, but but actually if you're a guy and you've done this, you all you're looking for is somebody to hit. <laughs> Am I right? You're looking for somebody, you're looking for somebody to, to to level. And if you if you sprained your wrist in practice that week, you don't even feel it. You don't feel any pain. You feel nothing. You've got to focus. Right? And so this cloud of witnesses as they gather around us. It should, we should begin to feel like that. Okay, now we, we've, we've zoned in, man. We're, we're focused into the game. We're, we're not worried about the bank account at zero. We're not worried about somebody that uh, defriended us on Facebook or blocked us. That's these emotional, we don't, we're not feeling that because we're into something of, that's a lot bigger than we are. And so I think he gets at that at the last part of the verse when he says that we need to throw off as a result of this cloud of witnesses that's standing back, cheering us on, telling us what they've seen, what they've experienced, how we can deal with the affairs of life. He said as a result of that, your focus hones in and you start to cast off every weight, every encumbrance that would slow you down and you start to run And I want you to pay particular attention to the last part of that first verse. He says, "You begin to run a race that has been already set before you." That's that's important wording right there. So let me just ask you this morning as I get into this: As sons and daughters of the Father, are we in a race? So I want you to think about that, man. Are we in a race? I'd say, yeah, absolutely we are. Absolutely we're in a race. Has the outcome of the race been determined? Absolutely. <laughs> we won, right? Yes. So the, 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 re, the results of the race that we're in, as we're being cheered on, the results of that race have already been determined. So then you might ask, well, what, what's, the re, what's the purpose of running a race that the results have already been determined? Well, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Like I said, I've got a lot of scripture this morning. I'm going to try to tie together for you as, as we walk through this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me pick it up with down at verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 at verse 24. He says, Don't you know that those who run in a race all one, but one receives the prize? All right, who's who's already received the prize? Jesus Jesus has received the prize, right? But he said, you run in such a way that you can obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Then he goes on in verse 26 and says, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, he said, I don't fight like one that beats the air, but I discipline my body, bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I myself also become disqualified. So what he's getting at here is the fact I think what he's saying here is that Jesus has already won the crown and we're running the race now to receive the crown as him. And the visualization I get of this is as Jesus has already won the race, but we are now running the race to receive the crown that he's won, more or less, we're standing on the winner's podium waiting for the medal to be put around our neck. But the whole thing has already been predetermined. Jesus already won the crown. So what you're doing, and here I'm going to make a little transition. So what you're doing in running this race you have already done. Now that might sound a little bit like the twilight zone. And it's going to require a shift, a change in paradigms concerning the concept you have of time to understand that what you are doing this race that has already been set before you, you have already accomplished and you've already done. It's going to require that you begin to look at time from a different perspective. Let me show you how God looks at time. Romans chapter 11 and verse 36. Just before you go there, let me come back to Hebrews because I need to point one other thing out from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Let, let, let me look at this cloud of witnesses real quick and the perception they have of time. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39. Then we're 39 and 40. Then I want to come over right away to Romans chapter 11. I want you to look at the concept that God has at time. But in here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39 speaking about this cloud of witness it says in these all having obtained a good testimony they did not promise but God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us so this cloud of witnesses is actually living outside of time looking for the completion of the race that we're running and for them to be able to extract and benefit from that they cheer us on, they encourage us, they reveal us, they encounter with us because without us they don't become perfect. Now the only way that you can see that and understand that is to understand they have given up concept of time. They're seeing us living in the same dimension of time that they've lived in. So when you you and I begin to see, all right, these witnesses are given to cheer us on, encourage us, speak to us, communicate to us, that puts us also living in the dimension of time that they lived in. Now just let this all keep sinking in. Just let it keep sinking in. Now here's here's how God sees time. God sees time's completely different, and so he's adjusting us. The paradigm shift is coming to where now we begin to see time like God sees time. Romans chapter 11 and verse 36, the last verse of the chapter. This... I saw this one day, and this, this, really, this really blew me away, because I never had, had, had really looked at it. Romans chapter 11, verse 36 says, For of him and through him and back to him are all things. Of him, through him, to him are all things look, look here. From Him, through Him, to Him, are all things. When you, when you have a circle there is no beginning and there is no end. That's how God sees time. That's how God sees time. From Him, through Him, to Him. Now this is the, this is the adjustment that is the challenge the consciousness change we're going to have to begin to think about and make a change because because for us because for us we have a mind that sees time in a long line you're born you live you die there's a, a past a present and a future right so we think linearly that's the way we've been trained to think god doesn't think that way God thinks from him, through him, and to him. So we we have a mind that sees completely different because we've been programmed this way. So that's why you you think, man, I'm I'm, I'm 60 years old. I've maybe got, you know, another 10, 20 years. I don't know, and then I'm going to die. Are you really? Who told you that? Where did that come from? See, however, listen, when you step over into spirit, I'm going to say more about this tomorrow afternoon. When you step into spirit, as you're doing, this man's teaching you how to do that, as you step into spirit, all of a sudden, everything that you're looking at as you're doing this And the more you become immersed in spirit, time ceases to exist. Time as we perceive it carries no substance or reality in spirit. So in spirit, the reality that carries substance is the word that God speaks. When God speaks a word, it will come to pass not literally but in circle it comes from him through him and it will come back to him it is not subject to the time that we place on it for its completion or its manifestation yeah. Yeah. so we become discouraged at times because we think literally and we and God shows us something when does it doesn't show up before breakfast we we get discouraged God's God has an answered. God's disappointed in us. There must be sin in my life. There's something going on that I've messed up. I fouled up. No, 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 no. You're thinking wrong time. You begin to, you got to begin to think no beginning and no end. That, that's who, that's who you are, right? Now t- time d- kind of defines our, our, our present state. I, I, underla- I understand it. Time, we look at time and we mark one event to the next. But when there is no time, listen, when there is no time, everything is now. When, when there is no past, and there is no future, all that's left is now. So every, every day that you live, every second you live, it's now. A thousand years, it'll still be now. Right? Now that... Time can be a very controlling factor, man. We're so controlled by time. I'm I'm kind of a time freak. I I, I hate to be late. I don't want to, you know, I'm respectful of people's time. Yet the promise is that time as we know it is going to come to an end. And so one of the, one of the unique destinies that you and I have is to see time end. It's to bring time to an end. When we When we do that, now listen, (laughs) here we go. When we bring time to an end, we also are going to bring death to an end. When we bring time to an end, we'll bring death to an end. Now don't look at me like that. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Y'all doing great. You're 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 zeroed in this morning. First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty-three. First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty-three. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on what? Must put on what? This mortal must put on what? And this this corruptible must put on what? So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put, and this mortal, just point to yourself. When this mortal has put on immortality, you never considered that one, did you? Wow. It's put on immortality, are you still with me? Yeah. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So the first thing on the docket, how does that happen, what what, what he's saying that when you put on it means you become conscious of. You put it on by consciousness. You begin to become conscious that this mortal is putting on immortality. That this corruptible is putting on that which is incorruptible. Now look, you got to move out, you got to move into spirit to see this if you're going to stay in soul you're gonna stay in the way it appears, the way it feels, the way it looks, you're not going to become conscious of it. So what we're talking about is a level of consciousness that is going to have to transcend. I don't want to sound too new-agey, but your vibrational level is going to have to rise. I think you've hit on a little bit of the vibration stuff, okay. So the vibration is going to increase. See, what you are all you are is spirit that has been slowed down to visibility yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> well, that is who you are That's good. That's good. and when your vibrational level changes as elijah's did enoch's did and jesus's did poof you're no longer visible Wow! did they cease to exist absolutely not they continued to exist they just did not appear So we believe, where we've been hung up is we believe in the power that time and death has over us. But they're both slated to be removed. When will they be removed? I will tell you when they will be removed. As soon as we renew our minds and let both of them go. See, we're, walk, we're walking out to fulfillment of, already, of what already has been taking place, what already was created in, in the mind and the heart of the Father. Right, again, let me show you how God looks at something here. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, now remember God is outside of time, He's outside death, those things have no pull, no sway on Him whatsoever, right? Romans chapter 8, here's how God, here's how God looks at it, here, verse 29, Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For those that he foreknew, all right. Let me just stop right there. For those that he foreknew, is there anybody that God did not foreknow? Is there anybody God did a face palm and said, "I can't believe you showed up, man. I just slipped through the cracks. Where where the heck did you come from?" All of us he foreknew. So what, as we say in Texas, what he's fixing to tell us applies to everybody. Right? Because he foreknew all of us. Let's read it out. For those he foreknew, he also predestined. Let me tell you another way to look at predestined. It means he pre-wired you. You've been wired a certain way. That's what predestined. It's just been wired. See, Calvinists had it half right. They thought God predestined some to heaven, some to hell where they missed it was he predestined everybody he foreknew yeah. Yeah. so as adamant as they are on the tulip you know the irresistible grace that the, the whole the whole deal it just there it doesn't apply just half folks or sixty. it applies to everybody that he foreknew he predestined so what did he predestined and prewire you to be the rest of the verse says to be conformed to the image of his son Did he place a time limit on that? Did he place uh, mortal death on that? Did he say when when, when your vibrational level ascends and you're no longer visible, that, there, that that does not apply? Remember, God's outside time. Death has no pull on him. He will, however long this takes, speaking in earth, however long this takes, he's going to get it done. Every person that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. We all are prewired to be conformed to the image of his Son, period. But it doesn't end there. Let's read on. Moreover, verse 30 says, Those that he predestined, those he also called. So you got to call him. Those that he called, he justified. There you go. Made you just as if you never sinned. Justified. And those that he justified, he also called glorified, which the word glorified simply means to manifest the presence of God, to manifest the character of God, to manifest, to manifest what your daddy is. Yeah. So if, if daddy lives outside time and, and, and space and death and all of that, then he has foreknown you, predestined you, chosen you, called you, and glorified you to reflect the same thing and don't matter how stinking long it takes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no expiration date on this. Are, are you still with me? It's not limited by time. So we're living out what he's already done, right? We're running this race that has been set before us, has been predetermined and I, I don't believe you have free will, I believe you have uh, a freed will so therefore it's not whatever you want to choose is fine but he's predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. You come the easy way, come the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's Doesn't matter, he's, you got a freed will. I don't believe in free will. Free will would mean you're free of any influence. I believe that all wills are are influence and we make choices based on influence. But you can't you, you can make choices. I, I won't deny you can make choices. You can make choices. And so he says, look, however you want to come, you can come. But this, this is where you're going. I'm bringing you to a place where you are outside time and death has no, no pull on you. We, he, 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 and he gives us an example with Melchizedek. And I, I'm, I'm, I, that's another whole teaching for another whole day. But Melchizedek, had no beginning and had no end. You are of that same order as Melchizedek. We have no beginning, we have no end. We have always been, we just have not been aware of it. In other words, we've forgotten who we were. So if we have no beginning and we have no end, then death and time have no control over us. So what's going on today what, all the revelation that God's given Pastor Darren and, 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 and the other guys that are here some deep stuff heavy stuff man what what is, he, what is he doing he's unwrapping who we've always been in light of who we will always be which shows us who we are now. amen? So when that realization settles it, when it hits you that you are eternal spirit, you are nothing but spirit, you are not flesh, you are not soul, you are spirit that we've now slowed down and I can look at you and you can look at me. And when that, when that, when our consciousness is filled with that, you know what, we're going to stop striving to maintain mortality. All of a sudden now death has lost its grip, right? There there be no, no fear in this. You you look at death like I look at going to Florida every June. I look forward to it. <laughs> I know what's there. I know what I'm going to do. All right? So it's just a, a change of consciousness. It's a change of state of being. And when the fear of that is removed, you actually say, "Man, I can't wait to get back to where I come from." Be part of that cloud of witnesses death and time will lose their grip. Jesus said this, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Thank you all back in the booth. Uh, Pastor Nero will pay you double for all the scriptures I'm using today. Keep it up with this. John chapter 11. Jesus Jesus talks about that. I want to look a little bit at what Jesus has to say about this this morning a couple, three times. John chapter 11 and verse 25. Jesus is over here with Mary and Martha. And and, uh, Jesus says to her in verse 25 he said I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live Mm -hmm. that sounds like an oxymoron doesn't it like you die but you don't die you live then he goes on to say whosoever lives and believes in me shall what shall what How does that happen? Shall never die. And he said, Do you believe this? She went on tilt. She said, Lord, I, I believe you're the Christ, son, son of God, who's come into the world. So she she didn't quite grasp it. But there's a resistance to this. I understand there's a resistance, there's a there's a pushback that has indoctrinated us. And I want to explain why we have never been given the opportunity, why this has Has been withheld from us. The sons of religion have a game, it's called control. The sons of religion have a game, it's called manipulation. And they are battling for full manifestation to keep control of us in the condition that we are in now. They not wanted us to mature into this. Jesus, Jesus really put a rebuke on the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Look at this one Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. He said, Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he, when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you yourselves. I think that's what he's saying to the evangelical church today. Because they keep us suppressed, they keep us immature. I, I looked, at, I googled this just to see what it was. I, I googled uh, NAE—that's the National Association of Evangelicals. How much do they spend every year on missions to do what Jesus is talking about on missions programs? You know what? They spent last year they spent 11.4 billion dollars on world missions. And what is the message that they're carrying in world missions? Heaven or hell? Yeah. Yeah. Wrong tree eating. Looking for converts. That when they make them, they turn to be twice as much a son of hell as they were themselves before they got evangelized. I, I, I had lunch the other day with a pastor, and he's got back from India, and he said, I'm blown away. He said, I went over to India, and he said, I did a pastor's conference. He said, all the Indian pastors were wearing. Blue shirts with red ties, and he asked, "Why they all wearing blue shirts or red ties?" And he said, "Well, that's what the missionary said you have to wear if you're in the ministry. Oh, wow. If you're going to maintain a level of holiness and 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 rightness, and you need to wear blue shirt and red tie when you come to meetings like this. Do you understand what that does? When you when you begin to come into something like we're we're talking about this morning." It, 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 it spells the end of control. All of a sudden the fear that they put on us of a God that they have created in their imagination and placed onto us, a God that is absolutely nothing like Jesus, all of a sudden that God loses total control. Right? For years and generations we have been held in immaturity. We have been held from pressing on To the higher, better, deeper things that God has for us. Because we have depended on a covering or a denomination or a network or somebody to get us to where we need to go. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I I, I, got to get this mindset broken and let you feel free to come out from maybe what you have been placed under all of your Christian life. I know what I'm talking about because I've been there, done that, stayed tonight, got the t shirt, everything. (laughs) Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. He said, Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, which is where we were, we were heirs, we didn't know what we had. Nobody talked to me about all I possessed nobody talked to me about what it looked like to actually be mature Oh, we taught three steps to maturity, four steps to answered prayer we always had this pseudo maturity to get to that we never reach. Can anybody relate? He said the heir as long as he's a child really has got nothing he's no different than a slave though he is master of everything you got you know I, I, I remember through word of faith I heard about who we are in Christ but nobody ever told me who I was. That was like the buzz phrase. You've got to know who you are in Christ. Well, let's explore that a little bit. We never really went to any depth in it. So as a result of that, I stayed like the slave, even though I had everything, but we were under governors and stewards until the appointed time of the Father. Look at me, the appointed time of the Father is now. Even so we, we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the spirit of adoption as sons. Okay, look at, look at, look up here. In your days of religion, I can assure you that you are never allowed to come out from under the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It was always about a maturity that never arrived. We're talking about a maturity now that's here. We're talking about a level of walking into something you can walk into buddy as deep as you want to walk into it. The fivefold has an objective. In, in, Rome, in Ephesians chapter 4, go, go forward just one, one book. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4. Any, any 5 ministry that's not bringing you to this is not a, a true fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says that Jesus gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to equip you to do the work of the ministry. They're supposed to build up or edify the body of Christ. And in verse 13, they're to continue to do that until we come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Watch. To a perfect man, mature man. Here's where they're supposed to take us. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That guy over there is the only one that I've heard in this city that has ever t- wanted to take us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Other than Amen. moi. Come on. He's, <laughs> he's my running buddy in this. We, we are the outsiders, believe me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to rest till you get to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and that's what I'm talking about this morning right getting to the measure how many messages have you ever heard pointing you to be the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ it was always Jesus was here I'm here it was never it was never Jesus as me and me as Jesus I I, I taught in 1999 I taught first job 417 Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I didn't have much light on it, so I just said, okay, let's talk about how Jesus is, and maybe that's how we could be one day. Now there's not a week goes by, this is, what, 20 years later, 20 years later, that I don't hear that verse five times a week. Because we're coming to the realization that as he is, so we is. There ain't a line of distinction here. That's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen? Amen. That's, that's where we need to be going. The, 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 the church as a whole has kept us herded toward a mentality of immaturity, right. Right. keeping us thinking that we're just, we're ne- you know, we're never going to uh, uh, make, we're never going to amount to a whole lot. And that really what we want to do is just hang on because heaven is the end game. We just got to get you to heaven. And if we can get you to heaven, if you can, if you can be good here, you can get to heaven. And, and you want to be holy. You need to live a holy life because the rapture could happen before breakfast and you don't want to be left behind. You don't want to be left behind in that group. It's not going to be pretty. And so you were controlled. You were stymied. You were put off. In arising to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me tell you, the cat's out of the bag. That's your destiny. He's foreknown you to be predestined to the image of his Son. So, as you awaken in consciousness, and you step out of soul, and you step into spirit, which you're doing, you're doing it exponentially now, it's getting faster at first it was hard to get rid of something but now you got a whiff of of the fresh air man you're eating the green grass and so the whole thing is speeding up you're moving faster with it right so as you awaken to, to to consciousness and you step out of soul into spirit then just the glory of your presence you don't have to say anything just the glory of your presence is going to begin to expose the control of Egypt he's already judging religion yes, that's right. the church as we've known it is sucking its last breath of life yes, yes. if you don't believe me go on the internet you google presbyterian google lutheran google whatever you want and see the reversal of in of membership i went on i looked at my old church. I, I my background was church of the nazarene they, and they grew they grew this year uh, one one and a half percent But all of the growth was from Africa. No growth in the states. Matter of fact, they lost members in the states. Your liberty and your freedom, you're becoming as he fully is in this present world. You know what? It's shaking the status quo right now. Uh, Once in a while I get on Facebook. And when I started, when I started, and I, I really feel it's a ministry, when I started 10-12 uh, years ago, I, people would argue and fight my posts, I, seriously, there were times I'd run to 600 comments, and that's where I really learned to hone my, my uh, defense of the scripture, defense of grace was on Facebook, but now you know what, the whole thing is changing hardly anybody argues or fights about it anymore people are seeing it Your liberty, your freedom, you're becoming what he is, is shaking the status quo. And I'll tell you, every denomination on the planet right now is on its heels. Here's what you're going to see. You're going to either see them embrace what we're talking about or go out of existence. We saw it in the charismatic movement. How many mainline churches now have contemporary services? with music that is not the organ and the piano first verse last verse in the chorus now they got a praise band it might be over in the chapel but they they were forced to go that way or lose market share and religion is always going to do what they got to do to preserve themselves and keep the bucks this message is 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 a tsunami on the planet right now. You're not going to be able to stop. It's, it's reached the tipping point. You're not, you can't stop it. It's, it's, it's happening. Right? It's happening. So either they're going to come this way or they're going to go out of existence. You're, it, the status quo is being shaken. All right, let's read a little bit more on Galatians chapter 4 because I've got a few more things I want to say about this. I'm going to get, to get a little serious here in a minute. Galatians chapter 4. Let's read on. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Let's pick it back up with this. But When the fullness of the time has come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Verse 7 says, therefore, therefore in scripture is a, is a, is a word of conclusion. And Paul uses therefore a lot. He lays out something, lays out an argument, lays out truth, and then he will say therefore. Whenever you say therefore in scripture you need to ask, what is it therefore? What is he trying to tell us? So here's going to summarize it. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. You are a cotton-picking son (laughs) and daughter. I have a lady that almost, mails me almost every week, you need to put the ladies in as daughters because we're not sons. I, okay. Wow. So I mailed her back. I said, look, if I can be the bride of Christ, you can be the son of God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the time of the manifestation of, this, of the, the sons and the daughters are here. Sons and daughters that that walk free outside time and outside death. See now can you can you just begin to just make a mental agreement with me on that this morning? can can you open up your consciousness to spirit that is beyond time and is not limited to time and death really has no effect on. Can you just stretch with me a little bit there. Can you do that? See you, you can't separate. We, we've, we've been teaching on manifestation of the sons of God. Here's the next step. You can't separate the manifestation into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You can't separate that from resurrection life. Resurrection life is life that is not subject to death. In fact, rev- in, in fact resurrection life is code for immortality. Resurrection life is code for immortality. There's no death in resurrection life at all. Resurrection life is code for what? Immortality. Code for what? Immortality. All right, now you keep that in mind as we we walk through this. Romans chapter 6 verse 8. Romans chapter 6 and verse 8. Now if we died with Christ... How many believe you died with Christ? Okay, it's appointed unto man once to die. If we died with Christ... It is appointed unto man once to die. come on, you already died your death. If we died with him, we believe that we shall also live with him. When, When did he come to life? When he what? Rose from the dead. Resurrected. Resurrection life is code for what? if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live resurrection life with Christ. Yes. Resurrection life is code for what? In That's where you've entered into. Yes. See, nobody ever told me that before. Let's read out. Let's read out. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ also having been raised from the dead Dies no more. Now, where are you placed right now? Death no longer has dominion over him. Where are you? So, then does death have dominion over you? If you're in him and death has no dominion over him then death has no dominion over you. Just in case you wondered, chapter 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raises Jesus from the dead dwells in you, (laughs) he who raised Christ from the dead will also give resurrection life to your what? your mortal body has got what? Come on, what kind of life? Resurrection Resurrection life is code for what? It's already been deposited hasn't it? Look, there's not going to be any kingdom rule that puts down the principality of religion and doctrine that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and the revelation of Christ without the manifestation of sons who walk in spirit free from every bondage every control every manipulation that opposes them and keeps keeps them in check to immaturity and so your job my job we just keep shedding every soulish inclination that's what he's doing today I'm gonna talk about that at 2.30 tomorrow but what, what he's doing today, he's bringing us totally out of soul into spirit. Yeah. And so he's snipping off every, everything, every attachment that you've got. I, I told Pastor Darren when we were at Cheddar's, I said, the thing that God is telling me is simplify my life. Simplify, simplify, simplify. That means I've, I've cut Fox News. That means I've cut other things. Anything wrong with it? No. But what it does, it distracts. It weighs down. I I have cut back some on social media. I don't I just I check in now and then it looks like I'm on a lot. I'm really not on that much. I just check in. But I cut that back. You know why? Because those things have an emotional wear on you. You spend emotional cash. I get done watching uh, Tucker Carlson, then Hannity, and then Laura Ingram. Be time to go to bed, man. I'm exhausted watching watching what all is going on in the world. You know what I'm talking about? I don't have time to lay there and meditate and contemplate and open my spirit up to what he's wanting to say. I'm thinking about that doggone Trump tweeting that stuff. What's wrong with him? I wish he'd shut up. That stuff wears you down. So we, 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 we need to continually cut that stuff back. And I think that's what he's really getting at here. Sons in manifestation. As we manifest ourselves as sons, this is how you're going to see. We're going to begin to live resurrection life. Resurrection life is code for what? Okay, you can't be a son of God after the image of Jesus if you're not walked into resurrection life. Amen. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead enters us and quickens our mortal bodies. Wow. It's a matter now we have to keep our, all right. we got to start getting our consciousness to where we think that way. And when you start thinking that way your mind is going to say, it's crazy, you can't do that. What are you going to do if you die? well the fact is I've already entered into spirit I never died Jesus said he that lives and believes in me never dies my vibrational level may change and you don't see me no more but it doesn't mean I'm dead I'd like to see the cloud of witnesses standing in here this morning standing back looking at me going go boy go give it to them let them have it <laughs> right cheer them out because they know outside of time that they're not perfected without what we do So sons in manifestation live in resurrection life. Manifesting sonship and resurrection life or immortality are tied together. They're twined together. You cannot have one without the other. And the the manifested sons of God thing we've been teaching, but we haven't entered into, okay, what does the son of God really manifest? He manifests life that has no death attached. (laughs) Paul knew it, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2nd Timothy chapter 1, look at his, look what he's trying to get to young Timothy. His son in the gospel, he's trying to get, get this, this stuff across to him to pass it on to others who will teach faithful men who can teach others also. And here's part of what he says you need to catch, Timothy. 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> he says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us, here's no time, there's no time, which was given to us in Christ before time began. So what are you doing now? You're just living out what you had before time began. Time was created for man, not man for time. Time is to serve us, us not serve time. Now he walks on into verse 10 and he says, verse 9 he ends up by saying, which was given to us in Christ before time again, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished what? He has abolished death and brought life and what? He's brought life and what? To light through the gospel. So this is part of the gospel message. This is the gospel message. THIS MAKES THE GOSPEL BETTER NEWS THAN YOU MAYBE EVER HEARD BEFORE THIS MORNING. Yes. IMMORTALITY IS PART AND PARCEL OF THE GOSPEL. Right. AND WE HAVE TOTALLY IGNORED IT. WE have SET IT ON THE BACK SHELF, THE BACK BURNER, AND JUST SAID, WELL, THAT'S CRAZY STUFF. You, you ever, IT'S APPOINTED ON, YOU KNOW, EVERYBODY'S GOT TO PAY TAXES AND DIE. THAT'S a, every, TWO THINGS. LET'S JUST CUT IT BACK TO ONE, PAY TAXES. LET'S JUST CUT IT BACK TO ONE, AMEN? Yeah. Let's just let's just, let's just, let's just bring it back there. So I, I push. What I'm doing? I'm pushing you further into the gospel. Yes. Yes. Uh, the more we learn, the better the gospel gets. Yes. I, I'm taking you places that the church never taught you. The church could could not afford to teach you this because they would have to release you into a place of manifestation no longer able to control you and say you need to keep coming every week to learn how to find out how to be mature and miss and miss hell and get into heaven and be prepared for the rapture. Religion needs two things, right? Paying customers and returning customers. And this will stop you from the necessity of being either one as you come into the measure, of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. Now the seal, the seal, here's what I'm getting at. The seal of this full manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God will be the redemption of your body. It will? What does that mean? Let's look at it. Romans chapter 8 verse 23. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. Romans chapter 8, verse 23 says, I got a drink to this one. (laughs) Not only that, but we also had the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, watch, the redemption of the body. The word redemption there is the Greek word, weothaseia. Weotheseia. And what Weotheseah means is a release from. We're waiting for a release from the body. Like remember when, when you were redeemed from sin, what redeemed from sin meant you were released from the power of sin, right? Sin has no more dominion over you. Sin does not have power you anymore. You walk above the pole of sin. You've been redeemed. We of Zaya. And what he's talking about here is the redemption of your body. being released from the control of your physical body. He said, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting on. The release from that. The same way you release from the power of sin. Now Jesus walked this out. Do do you really believe that as he is so are we in this world? Do you really believe that? Come on, give me an amen if you believe that. Amen. Alright, now let's look at how he is then. Let's look at the dimension of how he is. Probably nobody's ever said this is how he is and this is how you can be. John chapter, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're just we're just about we're getting down getting down here. John chapter 10 and verse 17. John chapter 10 and verse 17. John chapter 10 and verse 17. Now Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. This is not the one I was. Oh, here we go, John 10:17. He said, "Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay my life down, and I take my life up again. Everybody say, "It's Jesus his so, so am I? So do you think you can lay it down and take it up? verse 18 no one takes it from me nobody, nobody takes it from me disease doesn't take it from me, sickness doesn't take it from me, age doesn't take it from me wow. nothing takes it from me, verse 18 I lay it down of myself I have power to lay it down and I got power to take it back up again he's not doing this of himself he said this command I've received from the father this is what the father gave into me I, I, I call the shot when I lay it down when I pick it up I, I, I don't think any of us here's my deal on immortality I don't think any of us should die of sickness and disease I think, this was, I, I think there might be a time I, I read I E.W. Read e. Kenyon read a book of E.W. Kenyon's that was about his passing. And his passing was the way I think all of us should go. He went down ate breakfast. The man was up in his 90s, I believe, middle 90s. Went down had breakfast, and he told his wife, said, you know, he said, I think pretty much everything I need to do is done. He said, I'm going to have a good breakfast. I'm going to go up and sit in the chair, tip my head back, and he said, I'm going to leave. He said, I'll catch you on the other side, right? When you've written the last book, preached the last sermon, done the last thing you need to do, just change your vibrational level. And exit stage left. I, th- I, th- I think that's what Jesus was saying. When he said, it's finished, he gave up the ghost, right? Nobody took it from him. They, didn't, they did not kill him. He laid his life down. What is the Apostle John? History says that he was bold in oil, what? Two, three times they couldn't kill the guy. So they finally throw him out on an island and just said forget about him. Let, he do, let him do his own thing out on Patmos. They couldn't kill him. Like Jesus, we should transition when we're ready, not when sickness and disease or age number dictates. I'm telling you, this kingdom that we're talking about is spread all over the earth. It's, people are blind to it. We read again and again in Scripture that everything we want, everything we need has already been supplied. It's already here. Everything you're believing for is present in the natural and the spiritual. 2 Peter 1.3 says that he has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that we need we already have. Also, we may say, well, I, I, I have some needs. Well, you won't have as you cut ties to soul and begin to see that you really do have all things because the next verse of Second Peter 1, 4 says, there have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be a full partaker of the divine nature. The things that we're talking about this morning comprise the divine nature. Anything that will slow this down, anything that would stop it, is an adversarial force that tries to hinder. We've we've lived our whole life coming through a system that has tried to hinder resurrection life, which is code for what? Tried to delay it. The whole ball game of religion is to delay your maturity. I I, 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 I was in that system. I, I didn't do it on purpose. I had a good heart for as a pastor for 35, going on almost 40 years before I struck this message. I had a good heart, but basically I, I kept trying to get people to be mature rather than letting them know they were, and let's awaken to it. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous difference, right? It's always, everything is, is about delay. One day, one day when the rapture happens, that's when you get your resurrection body. That's when you start living for One one day Jesus is going to come take care of all your enemies. Matter of fact, let's sing one more course of one glad morning when this life is over. I'll fly away. Right? Let me say it again. Manifestation of sonship and resurrection life, which is code for what? Manifestation of the sons of God and immortality are woven together, but you've got to see it. First thing out of his mouth last night was you, you have to see it, to manifest it. You got to see this and become conscious of what we're talking about in order to become it. What you see, you realize. What you see, you grab a hold of. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you something and I'm done, but let me just... Uh, you judge this. You judge it. I was, I was getting this message, I was working on this and I was working on it and I felt like the Father told me this. He said, the days of my, of my moving sovereignly are coming to an rapid end. He said, everything that's going to take place in the earth is going to have to be done through sons and daughters who see and live totally by spirit that have moved into a resurrection life and have freed themselves from time. Who see no past and no future, it's all now. And I think we're in the final push to give birth to this. The years, the years before I raise my vibrational level, I'm given to this. So what's going to complete the push? I'll tell you what it is. It's a growing awareness and realization of the positioning that we have with an increasing manifestation. This is, you can't make this happen. Let me let me just say, don't leave out of here and try to make it happen. It's a, it's a function of spirit. Of our own self we can do nothing. But in these last days, man, he is, he is bringing these things to light. Now here's the key. The more that you live out of spirit, start running everything by here, not here. Or you start living out of here, the more your mortal body will respond to what you live out of here. The more you live out of spirit, the more your body will conform to resurrection life. Its source is within here. So your spirit possessed, you've been possessed by a spirit. That's right. Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and the time of your coming out of the wilderness is here. The day of your appearing as manifested sons of God living in resurrection life is here. It's at hand. So my challenge this morning is, is simply this. Let's open up our consciousness to it. Let's see what the Spirit of God says to us about it. And let's begin to move in that direction and let Him continually take us further. Amen? All right. can you handle that? God bless you. Thank you so much.